You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. The Niners are an interesting position here now. They have a chance to really take a stranglehold on this division for many years to come, depending on obviously what happens at the quarterback position and uh, the overall health of the team. Because look, Kyle Shanahan is not going anywhere. You've got an elite defense that is just kind of scratching the surface now with a lot of young talent. You've got elite skilled players on the offensive side of the ball. And you've got basically a championship level roster that's ready ready to win now but is positioned such that they have a lot of like you said guys that are making less than five million dollars right the the three quarters of the roster is less than five million dollars against the cap which means that's a lot of younger players Mm -hmm. so that being said the rest of the nfc west right now is kind of the the only threat to me right now is seattle and i'll be very honest with you First of all, Pete Carroll, you have to respect the job that he did last year with Geno Smith and that group. That that was like a ragtag group. He took them to the playoffs, 100%. and you got you got to respect that. There's not a lot of coaches that can that can do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I, I don't expect Geno Smith to have the same type of year. He was a top three quarterback for most of the year last year in terms of quarterback rating. That's not going to happen this year. I, I don't see that happening. He may he may drop off like a little bit. He may be mm-hmm. slightly worse, but he's not going to be top three. And I think that really the last eight games of the season, I believe they lost five of them the last eight games of the season. Plus the playoffs, you, you really start to see Geno Smith coming back down to earth and they struggle down the stretch. So I think you'll see more of that. They've got Kenneth Walker, who's a fantastic running back. Obviously DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They've got really good Jordan Brooks on the, on the defensive, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They've got Tariq Woolen and, and obviously Jamal Adams coming back from, from injury, but that is the only threat to me that the Arizona Cardinals, are not going to do anything. Kyler Murray is, is an absolute albatross over that team. <laughs> uh, the Rams are basically in rebuilding mode at this point. They, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They cashed in for one year and they, they succeeded, but now they're rebuilding as we thought they would. So really it's the Niners. It's the Niners division to lose at this point. And what does the rest of the NFC West look like to you? Yeah. So let's, let's take a look at the moves that they've made, right? Because you're right. The, to me, it's a it's a two horse race between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Uh, I think currently the 49ers are still in a much better position than the Seahawks are. But I, I really I, I kind of like a lot of the moves that the Seahawks made this this offseason, which pisses me off because I don't want to like the moves that they made. Um, but very much in the vein of what the 49ers did with Javon Hargrave, uh, the Seahawks did bring in uh, some pretty some pretty pretty solid talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they added uh, defensive tackle Draymond Jones, uh, who was of the Broncos. 
uh, very much in the same vein as Javon Hargrave. He is a three tech uh, pass rushing defensive tackle. Uh, they also brought in Jaron Reed at the defensive tackle position, but they let Puna Ford go. And mm-hmm. Puna Ford is still a, a free agent. So I think there's a possibility that he could end up back there. But as it stands right now, uh, he is gone. Uh, they also brought in one of the guys that I actually really was hoping the 49ers might be in on. And that was safety Julian Love from the Giants. And they mm-hmm. brought him in on a really modest, I think it was like a two-year deal. The ki- The guy's only like 26 years old, very versatile, can play free safety, can play in the slot, can even play outside. And so it, it's kind of odd because they already had like four really good safeties and now they brought in what amounts to a fifth, right? They had Jamal Adams. They have Quandre Diggs. Now they have Julian love that another uh, young guy that I think might end up, you know, being a, either a trade candidate or, or possibly a cut. Um, and then they also brought in uh, another guard uh, to, to bolster that, that offensive line that had two rookie tackles last year that played really, really well, right? Those guys yeah. are going to be there for a long time. And then, uh, and then the only the only real losses that they had, if you're talking about impact, is and 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 you could argue that it's not as impactful because he rarely played. But Rashad Penny uh, yeah. left and is uh, now with Philadelphia, and so they didn't really lose anybody from this team. They brought Geno back on a modest three year deal that I think really, if you look at the structure, is probably just a one year deal, deal. That yeah. if, like you said, if he if he falls back down to earth or Hell, here's the other thing about the Seahawks. They've got pick five in the draft mm-hmm. and they've got a second first round pick. And I think it's in the, I think it's in the early teens. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're ready to, to, to kind of load up right now. And, you know, what will be interesting is to see if they use that number five pick. If one of the quarterbacks falls, could they go, could they go quarterback or, if there's a run on quarterbacks and four of the and four quarterbacks go in the first four picks, uh, then they've got their pick of any other player that they mm-hmm. want. And there's uh, Will Anderson, the edge from Alabama. Tyree, was it Tyree Jackson? I think it's yeah. Jackson, the edge from uh, Texas Tech. Uh, there's Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from from uh, Georgia. There are a lot of impact players that could just fall right in their lap because of the position that they're in because the Broncos were awful last year. And this is the Broncos pick, uh, this, this number five pick. So, um, yeah, it's, they're the, to me, they're, they're the only real threat. Um, because if you just look at the, the other two teams, uh, the Cardinals and the Rams, let's, I mean, let's start with, let's start with the Rams because the Cardinals literally haven't done anything. Yeah. But neither of the Rams. The But here's the thing that the Rams did do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. They got rid of Bobby Wagner, which, by the way, again, if you clear some cap space, I I wouldn't mind bringing Bobby Wagner in to replace Aziz, right? That'd be pretty dope. Um, But uh, they got rid of Bobby Wagner. They traded Jalen Ramsey. 
and they got rid of was it Leonard Floyd? Yeah. And in those three moves, they cleared sixty one point two million off their cap in twenty twenty four, not twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three, they still only have like seven million dollars in cap space, but they're they're not they're they did those they made those moves with an eye to twenty twenty four, and so you know, with an eye to twenty twenty three. Like you said, I'm not worried about, about the Rams and then the Cardinals. I don't, did, did you see that uh, introductory uh, video where uh, Jonathan Gannon oh, was God. meeting with those players? That was, cringe. that cringe. was, so, that was Michael Scott level cringe. That was, yeah, that was brutal. But uh, Kyler Murray probably out till halfway through this season. And then mm-hmm. th- they're, they're just not, they're not even bringing players in. They're just not. No. It's like, I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea what their plan is. So and again, I'm not yeah. worried about them at all. I don't think Jonathan again is that good of a coach anyways. Honestly, I, I don't think I don't he's either. I, I thought that he benefited tremendously by having a really strong roster in Philadelphia. Yeah. And a lot of those guys got paid too, right? Like Darius Slay and these guys like they had, he had a, he had a good roster over there. Hassan Reddick, mm-hmm. like he had a very, mm-hmm. very good roster on, on defense. And I feel like he he benefited from that Fletcher Cox as well, Javon Hargrave, as we know, when our, our own Javon Hargrave. So that being said, I, I'm not scared of that. The only thing that kind of makes me pause, not even scared, it makes me pause, is that Seattle is really, if you look at it, they're kind of just a quarterback away, really, if, if everything falls into place. Certainly. And is Gino that guy? And I, I kind of like was happy when they gave Gino that deal because I was like, okay, I don't want them drafting a quarterback because that could that could set them up for years to come. And I don't want them to sign a quarterback on the market that's better than Geno because that's an upgrade and, and they would be better. But that being said, I'm, I, I'm banking on the fact that maybe it was lightning in the bottle for Seattle I, because I have to because I hate them, right? But <laughs> the, the bottom line is the same. The Niners have to take care of their own business. The reason why they went to the championship game last year is because they swept the division and they took care of business when when they had control of it. And that is why they got as far as they did. Because it didn't matter what anybody else did. They just beat whoever was in front of them. And, you know, as, as we kind of are winding down here, one thing that I want to uh, potentially leave us with uh, for later discussion in the offseason is, you know, we've talked about Brock's recovery and, and, and when he's going to come back and, and all that stuff, the timeline. But we haven't really touched on what we expect out of him because right now it's just about the recovery, right? We right. haven't really talked about like what what type of development do we want to see out of him? What type of right? Because nobody's I haven't heard anybody talk about that for for that matter at this point. And while it's early in the off season and, and you can't do anything about that because he's still hurt and recovering, he just had surgery. But that being said, like I I hope to see some sort of development out of him in year two because look, he was fantastic in in his first seven games. Right. But there were some things there that he could, he could work on and develop and be better at. Certainly. And, and I think that I'm excited to see that, that level of development in year two. And obviously I'm excited to see Trey and see how he's, how he's developed again, as I've been saying all off season, we're going to see Trey start at least a couple games. It's going to happen. And I, I don't think Sam Donald's here to, to take the starting spot. It'll be Trey's show until either somebody takes it away from him or until Brock Purdy comes back. So I think that's something that to kind of keep our eye on is, is what the expectations are for Brock Purdy when he finally comes back in, into the lineup. 
Yeah, I mean, there's obviously always going to be growth, right? He was a rookie quarterback. But one of the things that that I thought was interesting is, again, I I will be the first person to tell you, I absolutely got swept up in the in the hype, right? I was the I was the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train, and yes. and he played incredibly well, especially considering seventh round, Mister Irrelevant, uh, dropped into a you know, a situation where you're in the middle of a, of a push for a playoff uh, position and, and hopefully a Super Bowl and a, you know, a veteran laden team with expectations to win. Like it wasn't an easy situation, but at the same time you were dropped into a situation in which you had Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and a incredibly talented uh, play calling head coach and uh, you had uh, an incredible defense on the other side of the ball. Like he couldn't have been dropped into a better situation, but I heard Greg Cassell talk about this uh, when he talked with Matt Mayoko on radio row during Super Bowl week. And then uh, rich Madrid, if you don't, if you, anybody that's listening follows rich on Twitter, um, rich does a lot of film work um, and he was showing uh a couple days ago i can't uh i would say probably with within this past week uh you know he was using film to show some of especially as the season progressed some of the areas where brock seemed to it almost looked like he started to regress a little bit and, and that had to do with uh progressions and it had to do with uh you know pulling the trigger at the right time and that's exactly what greg cassell talked about as well with matt mayoko was towards the end of that run uh late in the season and into the playoffs Brock was leaving quite a bit of meat on the bone when it came to uh, a lot of the pass plays, right? Where, you know, there were, there were times and, and Rich used an example where, you know, there was a, a situation where Brandon Ayuk was coming open and, and Brock checked it down, right. Rather than seeing Ayuk come open and, and hit that, hit that intermediate throw. And, and then we, we, we talked about even during the run, right when he gets in trouble in the pocket, he backs up. Right. And that's, that is not a habit that you can continue to have. And he needs to learn to step up into the pocket. And then the other thing was if he escaped the pocket, it was almost exclusively to his left. And that is the type of tendency that teams can play into. And so, you know, there are obviously things that he needs to work on. And and I would imagine that Brock would tell you the same thing. Right. That's the type of player that he is. And so, you know, the development that I'm hoping to see is, again, just a, a better understanding of the offense, a, a better understanding of, of progressions. And and to be perfectly honest, it's the growth that we need to see from from Trey Lance as well, uh, because right. that is part of that is part that has been part of the problem for Trey as well is, you know, not 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 going through the progressions or not making the right read or things of that nature. So for both of those guys, that's really the growth that, that you have to see. And then for Trey on top of that is, you know, accuracy, right? Accuracy in the intermediate to short areas and, um, and, and, you know, hopefully a little less uh, quarterback power and a little more opportunity to throw the ball. Yes. A little less quarterback power and a little more quarterback empowerment. If you will. There you go. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. We should cut that one and make a clip out of that. Definitely. Yes. No more clip. quarterback power. Let's do quarterback empowerment. Yes. I like it. 
Yes. I like it. And I like it. That we we should end on that. That's I mean that we, we won't find a better ending than that, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Some of the best endings you just kind of fall ass backwards into, right? There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Well, I mean we're gonna get out of here, but man, uh next time we, we got a lot to talk about. There's draft season, aka smoke screen season coming up. There's yes a few holes still to be left by by 49ers free agency that are left to be filled. And we've got a lot of big plans as far as guests and things like that are coming up that you guys will definitely want to be a part of. So for Brian Rennick, this is Zane Nackby and the On Assignment Al Sacco with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast presented by Odyssey. Peace. Later.